The Star Child by Oscar Wilde. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Star Child. Once upon a time, two poor woodcutters were making their way home through a great pine forest. It was winter and a night of bitter cold. The snow lay thick upon the ground and upon the branches of the trees. The frost kept snapping the little twigs on either side of them as they passed, and when they came to the mountain torrent, she was hanging motionless in air, for the ice king had kissed her. So cold was it that even the animals and the birds did not know what to make of it. Ugh! Snarled the wolf as he limped through the brushwood with his tail between his legs. This is perfectly monstrous weather. Why doesn't the government look to it? Wheat, wheat, wheat! Twittered the green linnets. The old earth is dead, and they have laid her out in her white shroud. The earth is going to be married, and this is her bridal dress. Whispered the turtle doves to each other. Their little pink feet were quite frostbitten, but they felt that it was their duty to take a romantic view of the situation. Nonsense! Growled the wolf. I tell you that it is all the fault of the government, and if you don't believe me, I shall eat you. The wolf had a thoroughly practical mind and was never at a loss for a good argument. Well, for my own part," said the woodpecker, who was a born philosopher, "I don't care an atomic theory for explanations. If a thing is so, it is so, and at present it is terribly cold. Terribly cold it certainly was. The little squirrels who lived inside the tall fir tree kept rubbing each other's noses to keep themselves warm, and the rabbits curled themselves up in their holes and did not venture even to look out of doors. The only people who seemed to enjoy it were the great horned owls. Their feathers were quite stiff with brine, but they did not mind, and they rolled their large yellow eyes and called to each other across the forest, "To wit, to woo, to wit, to woo! What a delightful weather we are having!" On and on went the two woodcutters, blowing lustily upon their fingers and stamping with their huge iron-shod boots upon the caked snow. Once they sank into a deep drift and came out as white as millers are, when the stones are grinding. And once they slipped on the hard, smooth ice where the marsh water was frozen, and their faggots fell out of their bundles, and they had to pick them up and bind them together again. And once they thought that they had lost their way, and a great terror seized on them, for they knew that the snow is cruel to those who sleep in her arms. But they put their trust in the good Saint Martin, who watches over all travellers, and retraced their steps and went warily. And at last they reached the outskirts of the forest and saw, far down in the valley beneath them, the lights of the village in which they dwelt. So overjoyed were they at their deliverance that they laughed aloud, and the earth seemed to them like a flower of silver and the moon like a flower of gold. Yet after that they had laughed, they became sad, for they remembered their poverty, and one of them said to the other. Why did we make merry, seeing that life is for the rich and not for such as we are? Better that we had died of cold in the forest, or that some wild beast had fallen upon us and slain us. Truly, answered his companion, much is given to some and little is given to others. Injustice has parcelled out the world, nor is there equal division of aught save for sorrow. But as they were bewailing their misery to each other, this strange thing happened. There fell from heaven a very bright and beautiful star. It slipped down the side of the sky, passing by the other stars in its course, and, as they watched it wandering, it seemed to them to sink behind a clump of willow trees that stood hard by a little sheepfold, no more than a stone's throw away. Why, there is a crock of gold for whoever finds it! They cried, and they set to and ran. So eager were they for the gold. And one of them ran faster than his mate and outstripped him, 
and forced his way through the willows, and came out on the other side, and lo, there was indeed a thing of gold lying on the white snow. So he hastened towards it, and stooping down placed his hands upon it, and it was a cloak of golden tissue, curiously wrought with stars and wrapped in many folds. And he cried out to his comrade that he had found the treasure that had fallen from the sky, and when his comrade had come up, they sat them down in the snow, and loosened the folds of the cloak, that they might divide the pieces of gold. But alas! No gold was in it, nor silver, nor indeed treasure of any kind, but only a little child who was asleep. And one of them said to the other, This is a bitter ending to our hope, nor have we any good fortune, for what doth a child profit to a man? Let us leave it here, and go our way, seeing that we are poor men, and have children of our own whose bread we may not give to another. But his companion answered him, Nay, but it were an evil thing to leave the child to perish here in the snow. And though I am as poor as thou art, and have many mouths to feed, and but little in the pot, yet will I bring it home with me, and my wife shall have care of it. So very tenderly he took up the child, and wrapped the cloak around it to shield it from the harsh cold, and made his way down the hill to the village, his comrade marvelling much at his foolishness and softness of heart. And when they came to the village, his comrade said to him, Thou hast a child, therefore give me the cloak, for it is meet that we should share. But he answered him, Nay, for the cloak is neither mine nor thine, but the child's only. And he bade him Godspeed, and went to his own house, and knocked. And when his wife opened the door, and saw that her husband had returned safe to her, she put her arms round his neck, and kissed him, and took from his back the bundle of faggots, and brushed the snow off his boots, and bade him come in. But he said to her, I have found something in the forest, and I have brought it to thee to have care of it. And he stirred not from the threshold. What is it? she cried. Show it to me, for the house is bare, and we have need of many things. And he drew the cloak back, and showed her the sleeping child. Alack, good man, she murmured, have we not children enough of our own that thou must needs bring a changeling to sit by the hearth? And who knows if it will not bring us bad fortune? And how shall we tend it? And she was wroth against him. Nay, but it is a star-child, he answered, and he told her the strange manner of the finding of it. But she would not be appeased, but mocked at him, and spoke angrily, and cried, Our children lack bread, and shall we feed the child of another? Who is there who careth for us, and who giveth us food? Nay, but God careth for the sparrows even, and feedeth them, he answered. Do not the sparrows die of hunger in the winter? she asked. And is it not winter now? And the man answered nothing, but stirred not from the threshold. And a bitter wind from the forest came in through the open door, and made her tremble, and she shivered, and said to him, Wilt thou not close the door? There cometh a bitter wind into the house, and I am cold. Into a house where a heart is hard cometh there not always a bitter wind? he asked. And the woman answered him nothing, but crept closer to the fire. And after a time she turned round and looked at him, and her eyes were full of tears. And he came in swiftly, and placed the child in her arms, and she kissed it, and laid it in a little bed where the youngest of their own children was lying. And on the morrow the woodcutter took the curious cloak of gold, and placed it in a great chest, and a chain of amber that was round the child's neck his wife took, and set it in the chest also. So the star-child was brought up with the children of the woodcutter, and sat at the same board with them, and was their playmate. And every year he became more beautiful to look at, so that all those who dwelt in the village were filled with wonder, for while they were swarthy and black-haired, he was white and delicate as sawn ivory, and his curls were like the rings of the daffodil. His lips also were like the petals of a red flower, and his eyes were like violets by a river of pure water, and his body like the narcissus of a field where the mower comes not.
Yet did his beauty work him evil, for he grew proud and cruel and selfish. The children of the woodcutter and the other children of the village he despised, saying that they were of mean parentage, while he was noble, being sprung from a star, and he made himself master over them, and called them his servants. No pity had he for the poor, or for those who were blind or maimed or in any way afflicted, but would cast stones at them, and drive them forth on to the highway, and bid them to beg their bread elsewhere, so that none save the outlaws came twice to that village to ask for alms. Indeed, he was as one enamoured of beauty, and would mock at the weakly and ill-favoured, and make jest of them, and himself he loved, and in summer, when the winds were still, he would lie by the well in the priest's orchard, and look down at the marvel of his own face, and laugh for the pleasure he had in his fairness. Often did the woodcutter and his wife chide him, and say, We did not deal with thee as thou dealest with those who are left desolate, and have none to succour them. Wherefore art thou so cruel to all who need pity? Often did the old priest send for him, and seek to teach him the love of living things, saying to him, The fly is thy brother, do it no harm. The wild birds that roam through the forest have their freedom, snare them not for thy pleasure. God made the blind worm and the mole, and each has its place. Who art thou to bring pain into God's world? Even the cattle of the field praise him. But the star-child heeded not their words, but would frown and flout, and go back to his companions and lead them. And his companions followed him, for he was fair and fleet of foot, and could dance and pipe and make music. And wherever the star-child led them they followed, and whatever the star-child bade them do that did they. And when he pierced with a sharp reed the dim eyes of the mole, they laughed, and when he cast stones at the leper they laughed also. And in all things he ruled them, and they became hard of heart even as he was. Now there passed one day through the village a poor beggar-woman. Her garments were torn and ragged, and her feet were bleeding from the rough road on which she had travelled, and she was in very evil plight. And being weary, she sat her down under a chestnut-tree to rest. 